If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yes, indeed, folks. We kick off another week. It is four minutes past the hour of nine on Monday night here on the East Coast of the United States. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malzberg Show uh, right here on TNT. Uh, it's a big day. Let me remind all of you right off the bat that uh, at 6 a.m. London time, so you could you could figure it out. Um, I think right now it's uh, it's about um, one or two London time. So uh, maybe you could tell me my ear. Um, so a little later today, no matter where you are, um, another about uh, one, six, about five hours from now or four hours from now, uh, TNT is going to kick off its coverage of the court hearings in, in London uh, for Julian Assange. And it's very big. It could go today, it could go tomorrow, as long as it takes, we'll be there. And you'll be getting uh, everything covered top to bottom. And then uh, we'll also broadcast live from uh, various locations within London uh, as well. So make sure you're tuned right here to TNT for this um, this big event that a lot of people have been waiting a long time for to see if, uh, if uh, Julian Assange is extradited to the U.S. or not. And it's, uh, it's going to be big news either way. And this is the place to stay on top of all of it. Okay, now... You know, it seems like ad nauseum I've been talking about Joe Biden. And uh, even in my Give Me a Minute segments, which I hope some of you get a chance to watch on other shows on TNT, uh, I, it, it's, today's was, uh, you know, was Joe Biden. Uh, tomorrow's, I think, will be Jill Biden. But nonetheless, it, it, we, have, we have had a president of the United States ruled incompetent, incompetent, to, to serve, to stand trial, mentally incompetent, basically. And the left defends him. The left tells us how brilliant he is, how brilliant and smart and quick and, 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 and on top of everything he is. Um, and we see gaff, not gaff, we see example after example after example. I've played them for you. There's more. We play, I, could, I could take a whole show up and play you Joe Biden drifting off, saying the wrong thing, mistaking one thing for another. He did it again on Saturday. We'll let you hear it and see it in a second. He he was talking about funding Ukraine. He talked about funding NATO. NATO. He replaced Ukraine, the word, with NATO. This is the president of the United States who, oh, he is sharp. You ever sit in a meeting with him? Oh, you can't keep up with him. (laughs) They expect us to believe all of this crap. Now, what's interesting today is the calls are getting louder and a little more frequent. There was a, a while there where a lot of Democrats, high profile, came forth. And, and even before the special counsel report came out and said, you know, Biden should st- step aside and get out and blah, blah, blah. Well, now Nate Silver, Nate Silver, 538 Founder, pollster, Democrat, well, I, I, I mean, you know, political commentator, but anyway, he said, he said that Biden's chances of winning the uh, re-election um, are, are, are dwindling, 
and that Biden is losing and appears to have no clear plan to right the ship. Of course they have a clear plan to right the ship. Well, who told us just the other day? He's going to go out and he's going to meet with the people. (laughs) Yeah, that'll do it. Meet with the people. Um, While Silver believes Biden was a reasonably clear favorite a year ago, he now believes he's probably the underdog due to his poor approval rating, dearth of con- uh, contingencies that could improve his situation, as well as public perception of his age and abilities. And he went on to say, Nate Silver did, um, that if Biden w- uh, won't run a normal campaign during which he would accept interview requests and other ho- high-profile opportunities to, to improve his situation, he should step aside. Step aside. He says Biden could drop out of the race, allow Democrats to pick their nominee. Guess where? Guess when? At the convention in Chicago in August. What have I been saying? What have I been saying for months? That that's exactly what's going to happen. If the past couple of weeks are any evidence, it might nevertheless be Democrats' best option for beating Trump, he wrote. But failing that, his prescription for the Biden campaign is to complete four challenging interviews over the course of the next few weeks. (laughs) He wouldn't even do the Super Bowl interview where he could have talked about eating ice cream during the game. You know, he wouldn't do that one. So that's the story. That's that's where we are now. Um. Some people admit it. Some people are calling for him to get the heck out. And Jill Biden won't let him. I don't know that he wants to either, but Jill Biden won't let him, although she might not have a choice come August and the convention. It's going to be very, very interesting. And again, and again, you know who, Mr. Perfect Hair, Governor of California, Gavin Newsom, and Michelle Obama. Could be, although so many people say Michelle Obama just hates, hates politics. Well, then why is she going around saying political things? Question. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, So we have that on uh, on the docket, so to speak. And then, ladies and gentlemen, then we have... Presidential rankings, presidential ratings, and I, 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 I can't. First of all, it just goes to show you can't put faith in these phony, in my view, phony, baloney, nonsensical fiction writings and surveys and whatever. Because let me tell you who who did these rankings. It's conducted by a panel of experts, according to the Hill, specializing in the American presidency. Ooh, who could they be? Um, the 2024 Presidential Greatness Project Expert Survey was conducted from November 15th through December 31st. It included current and recent members of the President's and Executive Politics Section of the American Political Science Association, which they say is the foremost organization of social science experts in presidential politics. I know nothing about them. I'm not here to indict their integrity. Uh, but when I hear any kind of organizations, you know, you got to really look into it. I know what's uh, happened to, to organizations like the uh, uh, Pediatricians Association, the American, Me- American Medical Association, all these associations. And the results, the results 
lead me to question or ask the question, what the hell is going on here? You ready for this? Are you ready for this? Okay, where do I have it? I wrote it down. It's all here. So the top-rated president of all time is Abraham Lincoln. I, I don't know how many people would argue with that. I'm not going to argue with that. Okay. Guess where Barack Obama ranks? Just guess where Barack Obama ranks. Guess where Barack Obama ranks. Um, I mean, I can't even. I, 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 I can't even. I can't even. Barack Obama ranks seventh. Seventh as the all-time greatest, on the all-time greatest presidents list by this organization. Seventh. And folks, <laughs> Joe Biden, who, according to Gallup, in a first-term presidency, in the third year, has the lowest approval rating of any president ever, except for Jimmy Carter. Third year, first term. Biden has 39.8%. I guess that's an average. Or whenever the poll was taken in, the in this year, Gallup, 39.8. Carter had 37.4. Bottom, bottom of the barrel, okay? Joe Biden is ranked as the 14th greatest president. <laughs> the 14th greatest president way ahead enough ahead of Ronald Reagan who they put at 16 Ronald Reagan finishes under Joe Biden okay which when I see that I go well, I don't want to rip that page where could I rip? I don't want to rip any of that. I go, okay, that's what I do. I get off the train and I rip and throw it away. Um, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, who accomplished so much before COVID, so much. And of course, Biden, who's accomplished nothing, nothing except the infrastructure bill, Oh, he'll tell you he created blah, blah, millions of jobs. Those are the jobs that went away under COVID and came back. Okay. Inflation, 20% higher than when he took office. But he is the 14th greatest president in our history. Donald Trump, who gave us record low unemployment. Stock market was soaring. Uh, there was relative peace. Nobody was fighting. Uh, we weren't at war. You know, we weren't at, uh, 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 they weren't attacking Israel. Uh, China was in, in, in their place. I mean, you know, he met with the North Korea leader. Things were, things were get going in the right direction. He, 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 uh, the Abraham Accords, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. On and on and on and on and on, the sanctions and the taxes on China. All these great things. Economy roaring. The worst president in the history of the United States. Dead last. Biden, 14. Obama, 7. Reagan, 
16, and Donald Trump dead last. What does that say? What does that say about about all this, that survey? What's it worth? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. It's just more of the same, of the same, of the same. And it's never going to change. Now, let me flip this paper over, which is why I didn't want to rip it up. (laughs) I did want to rip it up, but I didn't. Well, I chose not to rip it up. Okay. Um, I want you to give a listen to Joe Biden on Saturday talking about Ukraine. But saying NATO, here is cut number uh, 215. The idea that we're going to walk away from Ukraine, the idea that we're going to let NATO begin to split, is totally against the interests of the United States of America, and it is against our word we've given so, since Trump, since all the way back to Eisenhower. So it's about time we make sure that Congress come home pass the legislation funding NATO. It's critical. <laughs> come home, pass the legislation funding NATO. Because I don't know I don't know where he put NATO in there in the first place. Then he, he started with Ukraine, he went to NATO, and then he stuck with NATO or went back to NATO, whatever the, the order was. F- Congress has to come back and pass the legislation funding NATO. Folks, Look, again, God bless him. He's out of his mind. He's out of his mind. There's no way he should be in that position. No way. Let him run again. I don't care. He's not going to win. But he shouldn't be allowed to be president. This is outrageous. But it doesn't stop the likes of of the phony baloney rock and roll crap that we hear every single day from the left, whether it be the media, whether it be elected officials, whether it be family members, doesn't matter about how sharp Mr. CC, president of Mexico, of, of, uh, of, of Mexico, or they got to fund NATO, or I mean, you know the list. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, when he when he asked me about my son, I thought to myself, "How dare he do that?" He didn't ask him about his son. I mean, it just gets worse and worse every single day. Every single day. Um. So here's Amy Klobuchar, senator from Minnesota. Remember her from the primaries leading up to the 2020. Uh, presidential election she she was on the stage at the debate she was running for president against biden and and um um kamala harris and cory booker and a bunch of the others and pete Buttigieg, who uh, all dropped out after i believe by uh barack obama said bye-bye anyway here she is and this is on meet the press and talking about um well you'll see what she's talking about Here's 2 
12. Let me ask you this. The report described President Biden as a, quote, elderly man with a poor memory. Do you think the White House should allow the release of the full transcript without claiming executive privilege for the sake of transparency, Senator? You know, that is going to be, again, up to the president and his lawyers. But I've got a comment on this just from my own personal experience. I was on Air Force One with the president going from Minnesota to Wisconsin for going from Washington, D.C. to Wisconsin for an infrastructure project. And I was with the president for over an hour. And talked about so many things, domestic, international. He was focused, his recall was good. It was the same experience that my colleagues had who met with him for hours, Democrats and Republicans, about the Mideast only a few weeks ago. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What a brilliant man. Brilliant man. Can't make a statement that makes sense, but he could talk for hours about anything. He said it's always behind closed doors with you kind of people, you Democrat people. Isn't it amazing? Ah, I just want to say, oh, I just got to say, oh, have you heard? What a, he, oh, have you ever been? Oh, he is, oh, what a man. I mean, enough, enough, enough. Um, oh, man, here's, um, here's another one uh, talking about, well, it's a question from, uh, from uh, um, the host of the show, uh, Welker, and uh, question and answer, number 213. As you know, concerns have been growing for quite some time within your party about President Biden's ability to win a second term. The latest person to express this, Ezra Klein of the New York Times, who said this week, quote, he is not up for this. He is not the campaigner he was even five years ago. The way he moves, the energy in his voice, the Democrats denying decline are only fooling themselves. Senator, what is your reaction to that stark assessment? My reaction is, as someone who ran against Joe Biden, as someone who has spent significant amount of time with Joe Biden, uh, that he is up for this job. <laughs> you ran against him four years ago, and he wasn't super sharp then. Big difference four years later. Big, big, big difference. And you spent an hour with him on a plane to Minnesota? That's wonderful. Oh, my goodness. All right. All right. Let's switch gears now. Let's go to the uh, Republican side of things. And who will be Donald Trump's vice presidential pick? Who? Who do you think? A lot of talk about Tim Scott, Republican senator from uh, South Carolina. And he was uh, making the media rounds on the Sunday shows, including, um, in, including CBS, Face the Nation. Okay. And he was... Uh, interviewed by Robert Costa, who was filling in on Face the Nation. And here is cut 207. Let's move on to politics. Uh, Nikki Haley's sure. been tough. She has been a longtime ally of yours, not so much anymore. Her son, her adult son, Nalen, has referred to you as Judas yeah. uh, for endorsing former President Donald Trump. What's your response to Nalen Haley and to Nikki Haley, who has not really disavowed that comment, though she's kind of shushed her son from time to time. Here's what I'm saying. Politics makes people and their families desperate. It's unfortunate 
for a person with the high caliber of an individual that she has been to stoop down to having her and her family refer to me or anyone else as Judas Iscariot or any other name calling. Now, if those of you who are watching, did you see how it turned to black and white at the very end there? This next cut is going to be most, if not all, black and white. And the reason it's it's black and white, Media Research Center did that. It was all edited out. It was all edited out of the broadcast of this interview. Apparently, it was you know it was left in for maybe online, but it did not. It, this next part was edited out. If it's in black and white and you're watching uh, uh, on TNT, you'll tell. But I'm telling you, I'll let you know what what was what was kept in. If anything, in this next bite, it would be very small. I don't think anything. But this was not aired, okay? Ask yourself why. Here's cut uh, 208. The one thing I would say to your viewers, when you were attacked, please remember this. Do not take criticism for someone you would not take advice. And in addition to that, because I am going to church in a little while, Matthew 5:44 reminds us to pray for those who persecute you and to love your enemies. We have to find in our hearts the way of forgiveness. I, I know that they're in a heated race. I know that it's not going their way. They, they're going to lose their home state. There will be a devastating loss here in South Carolina. It was a devastating loss in New Hampshire. There's not a state coming forward that she's going to win. So I get the name calling. Okay. That was a, all that was great stuff. Left out. Left out. Again, ask yourself why. Now, over on CNN, uh, Scott was interviewed by Jake Tapper, I do believe, on State of the Union. Yes, yes, yes. And um, the, the conversation uh, continued. We're talking about uh, uh, Trump and, and, uh, and what he said and about uh, NATO and different things. So I want you to pick, we'll pick up on that. This was not edited out of State of the Union, but it is cut 209. Without any question, from the beginning of the Ukraine war, what we've seen is actually Joe Biden dragging his feet. This is after we saw the botched withdrawal in Afghanistan. We've seen war in Ukraine. We have conflict in the Middle East. We have instability in the Indo-Pacific. What we need is strong American leadership. And when we have that, what ultimately happens is, in fact, world peace. The fastest, most effective way for us to get there is to look at the four years when Donald Trump was our president and ask the question, how was Eastern Europe? Well, Putin stayed away from Ukraine. In the Middle East, Hamas did not invade Israel. In the Indo-Pacific, China, because of the 301 tariffs, because of the headwinds put on their economy, they were not talking about Taiwan. Yep, yep. I'm going to play one more bite from this interview before we break and uh, get ready for uh, our guest, uh, uh, Ford O'Connell. And um, I will just say that um, I was very impressed uh, during this interview with, uh, with Scott. Here is uh, cut number 210. But more importantly, Jake, the number one national security issue facing America today is our insecure, unsafe, and wide open southern border. Americans have spoken, whether I'm in church, whether I'm at the gym, or when you look at the polls, one thing is completely clear. 
our southern border is the greatest national security risk we have as a nation. And unfortunately, Joe Biden has failed miserably on keeping Americans safe here at home. Mm -hmm. We can see that through the 70,000 Americans who've lost their lives to fentanyl, including my good friend, son, Alan Shaw II. I, I hear what you're saying about the southern border. I want to get to that in a second because I know you just came back from there. Okay, so he 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 go turns to Ukraine. We'll hear that uh, bite a, a little bit later on. As I mentioned, Ford O'Connell is waiting on deck, GOP strategist, attorney, commentator, and we will get to him uh, momentarily when we come back. Steve Malzberg, right here on TNT. TNT's Pella Neuroth Taylor. We we need to look do a lot of recon, deconstruction of these phrases and, and really think about what it means because. What does far right mean? I, I'd say that far right means anything that you don't like. And um, it's just a label, a bit like the, the Chinese under Mao, their state press used to call uh, anyone who was an ideological opponent, capitalist pig dogs, whatever. And it was just meant to evoke a response. And it was a signal from the rulers to the rule that this is what you should think without actually having to think. It's, it's, it's a, meant to evoke a sort of Pavlovian reaction that you're a, these are bad guys. And uh, a moderate, in, in, in our lingo, I mean, let's say it's foreign coverage, the BBC will say the moderate blah, blah, blah party in the third world, meaning, well, they're the guys we approve of, and then the extremist is someone we don't approve of. Helen Neuroth Taylor on today's News Talk TNT. From weather and traffic reports to news of political developments. We turn to journalists for the information we need to live our daily lives. Journalists around the world provide news that is essential for democracy, for personal freedom, and for safety and stability. Yet their ability to report freely and safely is under attack like never before. Domestic journalists are paying with their lives. They face exponential risks, and they've already paid a heavy toll. Death threats, online harassment, and physical attacks are becoming a daily experience of journalists in all countries. We just want people to be safe, to be able to get our readers the information that they need to make informed decisions. They checked my phone and realized that it was Pegasus. I feel myself like I am naked at the street. These charges were politicized from the start. Facts win. Truth wins. Justice wins. C'est énorme pour moi d'être là, d'être libre. Tout que je n'attendais pas du tout. Stand with the free press. Stand with journalists whose reporting won't be silenced. Press freedom is your freedom. It's time to switch on today's News Talk Radio. Very entertaining. TNT. Hi, folks. We are back. And I got to admit, uh, conversing uh, during the commercial break with uh, with uh, Ford O'Connell, as I mentioned, GOP strategist, lawyer, conservative TV radio personality, uh, who uh, I'm, we're privileged to have back on the show. Ford, welcome back. And we were talking some, uh, some hockey. Uh, we have uh, something in common. We were both... Uh, diehard uh, New York Islander fans. And I got to admit, uh, Ford, I, I, I switched when um, 
I started doing uh, Devils pre and post game shows. I was the host, and then my son was born, and he became a huge Devils fan. We've named two dogs after uh, one after Martin Brodeur and one after Jack Hughes. So uh, I've kind of I kind of switched. Feel I felt I always felt bad about it, but it is what it is. <laughs> Hey, I don't blame you. You know what? It's great times. You know, the Devils were great in the 90s. The Islanders were great in the 80s. I mean, Martin Broder is definitely one of the best net minders I've ever seen. And let's not leave out the Rangers because since 1940, they've won one cup. Yes, they did. <laughs> Messier going around the ice. I'll never forget that. Oh my God! Yeah, I was there. Broke my heart. We into, we cut into the um, we cut into the uh, uh, Yankees game uh, to to cut to me to bring the results of the of the game against Vancouver, Game Seven. It broke my heart to report it, but I had to report it anyway. But one cup since 1940, and you know that is. That is not good. Okay, let's move on. Let, let's start with this, uh, this cockamamie um, uh, poll that was taken or whatever you want to call it, these experts. I, I read, who, I read the, um, who's in charge of it. Um, I don't know anything about the organization. But when you tell me, when you tell me that Barack Obama is the seventh greatest president ever, Ronald Reagan is 16, Donald Trump is dead last, and Joe Biden, Joe Biden – comes in to this 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 uh th- this poll at um number 14 then obviously to me the, the the whole thing has no credibility i couldn't agree with you more but remember this is the american political science association and academics in america by and large lead 90 percent liberal and on top of it they don't even recognize their own bias. It is completely unbelievable. And the idea that somehow Barack Obama is better than Jack Kennedy, forget Republicans for a minute. Like they can't even actually source out who the Democrats are. Look, the whole thing is a sham, but it makes great fodder for the Democrats who are scared that Joe Biden's going to lose re-election by somehow lying and claiming that he's the 14th best president in American history. I mean, the guy's got mush for brains. The border's wide open, okay? And prices are up in a way that we haven't seen since the late 1970s. There is nothing Joe Biden has ever done well, except somehow be certified as president over Donald Trump. Well, that's what you know. That that's what I always want to shout back at the television um, when when I'm hearing you know everyone on the left, whether it's the media or 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 Democratic elected officials or whatever. Uh, that wow, he's accomplished so much. He's gotten so much done. And aside from the infrastructure bill, what the hell? Really, literally, seriously, what has he done? Absolutely nothing. And let me put it this way. Under his presidency, prices are up across the board, 18%, 19% for rent, 24% for groceries, 25% for electricity. These are not luxury items. These are the essentials for the American people. And then the only reason why they think he's done a good job is because they believe that no one's illegal. So it's okay to have a southern border that is without question the greatest national security threat probably in the history of the United States. But yet, I give you Joe Biden, Steve. Yeah, no, it, it 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 is incredible, and it just I just played for the folks earlier on Saturday. Uh, he said the Congress has to come back and pass the bill to fund NATO. I mean, you know, uh, that, that's just another one to add on to the long list that, that that now is becoming basically daily. I don't call them gaffes. It's just who Joe Biden is. And I, 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 how on earth, Ford? Seriously, uh, you know, how is it that the Twenty Fifth Amendment? is not even talked about. It's not even discussed. And I remember, and you remember, when Donald Trump had a hold on or held on for a second on a ramp at West Point walking down the ramp. 
uh, and when he had to help one hand with the other for a glass of water to get, raise the glass to his his mouth. Oh my God, he's incompetent. Twenty fifth Amendment, time to go. And and you got Biden who doesn't know where he is or who he is, and there's not a not a mention of it. Well, two words: the greatest twenty fifth Amendment insurance that Joe Biden has is Kamala Harris. Okay, now let's understand something else. Eighty six percent of Americans think that Joe Biden is too old to serve another term. You can't get 86% of Americans to agree on anything, not even free money. To put this into perspective, a higher percentage of Americans think Joe Biden is too old to serve another term than actually think the earth is flat, is round. 84% of Americans think the earth is round, and yet Joe Biden at a higher percentage they think is too old. But I give you today's modern Democratic Party, it's like weekend at Bernie's, they'll roll a dead person in, okay, if it means beating Donald John Trump. Yeah, well, uh, I, I, you know what, I, I don't know. What, what about the, uh, the, the calls that are increasing and more and more people saying uh, that, you know, August at the convention, all bets are off. He should drop out. He has to go. They have to do something, whether he goes freely or not. Um, delegates are, I think, I don't even know. Are they technically free to vote any way they want? The point is more and more people are calling for that on the left um, and, you know, we've heard the names Gavin Newsom, we've heard uh, Michelle Obama, you and I have talked about that. Uh, but as we get closer and as we see him just fading away, another factor, though, a wild card factor here, though, uh, not only his stubbornness, but it, it's being said by more people now than just me and some others. Jill Biden, she is selfish, I believe. I think it's elder abuse to a great extent. And she loves whatever power or or, or, or or benefit she gets from this position. And she wants four more years of it. Look, there's no question about it. Jill Biden is basically the seeing eye dog for Joe Biden. But I will say this right now. I only see a 15% chance of Joe Biden actually being replaced as the nominee. And the reason why is I listen back and forth as a lot of Democratic strategists, I don't agree on their idea, ideology, but I actually agree on their experience. And they're basically saying it's too risky to replace him with someone else. They've got too much sunk into Joe Biden. The real reason is they can't jettison Kamala Harris because of the issues that they're having with the base of their party, particularly when it comes to making sure African-Americans turn out in record numbers, because that's the only way Joe Biden can actually possibly win re-election. Yeah, I mean, I I I wonder how much uh, she will matter, though. I, 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 she might even be a, deter, a deterrent, uh, uh, a negative force uh, to some black uh, communities because she was, quote unquote, in charge of immigration. And all over the inner cities of this country, you got black folks uh, speaking out, uh, you know, very strongly about, you know, what the hell I keep hearing. Why are these people in my kid's school? Why are these people getting free uh, credit cards? Why are these people getting free everything? And my son and my daughter don't. I mean, I think there's there's real anger and it's uh, on the issue of crime naturally, but also immigration, which is now leading to more crime in these areas. No, no question about it. Look, illegal immigration hurts poor and minority communities in America. And the Democrats, the sort of white liberals that run the Democratic Party, don't want to admit that out loud. But it's, you're seeing this more and more. Look, remember, what was it like a, a month ago? There was a school, I believe, in Brooklyn, where they basically shut down the school for what were middle yeah. class, lower class kids to house illegal immigrants yeah. and they yeah. buried that under the rug. I mean, that's where it's at. And now with the, now by having a lot of these illegal immigrants go to Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, not just Texas, they're actually coming to live with the, the policies that they're putting out there. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of people don't think it's a very good thing because what you're saying is 
non-Americans count more than Americans. That's the yeah, quiet yeah. out loud. And the two illegal immigrants that were beating, or the, the group of illegal immigrants that beat up the New York cops, that is your video if you're Donald Trump going into the 2024 presidential election because no one can look at that and say that's a good thing. Well, I'm glad you segued into Donald Trump because that's what I was going to do. We're talking to Ford O'Connell here on the Steve Malsberg Show. Uh, let's first uh, talk about uh, South Carolina. Um, I know there's, uh, I think, uh, Craig Melvin, maybe, of uh, NBC, uh, was kind of uh, kind of badgering uh, Nikki Haley to drop out and questioning, and she keeps saying, I'm not going anywhere. Look, she knows, or at least the polls indicate at this time, uh, Ford, that she's going to get trounced in her own home state. I don't know how she's going to spin that the way she has spun the, the previous losses um, in, in, in Iowa and New Hampshire. I don't know how she's going to find a positive in losing, if she does, by 30-plus points to Donald Trump in South Carolina. Well, it's actually worse than that, Steve. Not only is she going to lose her home state of South Carolina right now, she's not leading in any of the 50 states in this country, whether it's a Republican primary or, or a caucus. She's going to lose all of them. OK, but why is she continuing to go? Two things. What is the media? They like anything that's going to badger Donald Trump and cause him to burn resources. And the other thing is what I call the GOP mega donor class. I have never seen in my lifetime a bigger you know, uh, split between the activist base of the Republican Party and the GOP donor class. That is who's funding Nikki Haley. And they don't realize that if she keeps talking, she's going to wind up being Joe Biden's best friend in this election. Yeah, no, absolutely. OK, so let's go uh, before we get to the court cases, uh, the the uh, Georgia and uh, the civil case uh, that was just decided with, uh, on penalties in New York. Let me ask you about vice president. Um, I don't, we probably discussed it last time you were on, but this is a very fluid uh, situation. Uh, still nothing definitive, but it does seem like uh, Tim Scott uh, is, uh, is going around a lot, doing a lot of campaigning for Trump, showing up at rallies. And um, uh, his name is, is, is certainly out there. He's African-American. He's a senator. Uh, what do you think? Well, look, we're going to watch over the, up until the summer the actual real-life apprentice because this veep stakes that's going on is going to continue to go, and Trump knows why, because he knows it's going to drive headlines and it's going to be able to change whatever attacks Joe Biden has because the media always wants to know what they don't know. This is a weapon for Donald Trump in terms of pushing back on negative media coverage. At the same time, though, he is going to look for somebody who is loyal, somebody who can actually lead the country on day one, but he's also going to look for someone who can drive a message because that's most important right now in presidential politics. And the reason why we were talking about polls, remember the NBC poll? Kamala Harris is the worst vice president ever. So when you yeah. know that, you, Donald Trump has to, but also has to be somebody who won't upstage him and understand what their place is. Donald Trump is the main event. He has unfinished business. You are there to be prepped like a backup quarterback to take over because you're one step away from being president. All right. I want you to hear what uh, Kevin O'Leary, uh, Mr. Wonderful, of course, uh, had to say on uh, Fox um, talking about uh, the um, the uh, civil case in New York where the judge imposed the uh, multi hundred million dollar fine against Trump as a penalty. Here's 216. The decision yesterday in New York, you may have read about it. Crooked judge, crooked judge. He's a crooked judge. A left-wing judge was a lawless and unconstitutional atrocity. It's a sham case. 
There were no victims, no defaults, no damages, no complaints, no nothing. There was nothing. For some reason, this judge takes it upon himself to find this developer. Forget that it's Trump. This is not about Trump anymore. If you're a developer and you see this happen in the state of New York, take the risk to put up this much money and have a judge arbitrarily decide that you are in some form of breach of fraud when no damages occurred at all. And this is the same process that occurs everywhere. Petition of states. I thought before this judgment that the number one loser state in America was California, which is basically putting itself out of business slowly and surely. But after this judgment, I'm going to make New York the number one loser state. <laughs> You're an attorney. This whole thing, I'm not, but this whole thing with nobody who was damaged, nobody who was hurt, no, you know, no, no, no nobody uh, cried about it, nobody filed against Trump except uh, the district attorney who said that she would go get Trump when she was elected. Um, Way in. Well, this is a total sham ruling. I mean, it is highly unusual to actually prosecute somebody for fraud when there are no victims, when there are no damages, when there are no defaults. That's, Kevin Leary is absolutely right. And this New York law 6312 allows the attorney general to basically do whatever they want. And, you know, it's funny because New York Governor Kathy Hochul was sitting there going, well, nobody else has to worry about. It. She's basically telling you that they backdoored a law that was set up for organized crime to punish Joe Biden's chief political opponent. And when you look at the cases, there's the four criminal cases. Those are designed to hurt Trump politically. This one is designed to break him financially. And they say, well, other business owners don't have to worry. That's not true. This law is terrible, 6312, because it allows the attorney general to be the judge, jury and executioner on anyone they don't like. And I hope that let me tell you something this appeal is going to test the appellate division of new york because we're going to find out whether or not new york judges can actually put aside their feelings about trump and actually follow the law and if they yeah. follow the law this either should be thrown out or this penalty should be significantly reduced 450 million this is insane again nothing has ever happened like this in the state of new york's history yeah, and and it's it's going to really be a blow for uh, for real estate, uh, commercial real estate uh, in this uh, in this city of New York. All right, let's move on to one more, and that is the funny uh, Willis case. Uh, here's uh, MSNBC uh, U.S. Uh, former U.S. Attorney Chuck Rosenberg, uh, maybe with a surprise take since it was on MSNBC. Here's cut two seventeen. If the romantic relationship between Mr. Wade and Ms. Willis began before he was hired by her in Fulton County, then the affidavit that he submitted might be false. And not only did would that uh, affidavit be false, Caddy, Ms. Willis propounded that uh, affidavit, provided that affidavit to the court in support of her contention that the relationship started subsequently. By the way, at any point, and I was a prosecutor for a long time, if a supervisor is having a relationship with a subordinate regardless of when it starts that's reason for the subordinate or the supervisor to step away from the case bum ba dum bum wow msnbc you don't expect that so uh, uh, another uh, another sham i mean i thought she was an arrogant pompous ass on the stand uh, i thought her boyfriend who didn't know what the meaning of re-upped 
Did you re-up your contract? Well, excuse me, what does that mean? Um, anyway, I think uh, with the friend's testimony that the relationship was ongoing, they were hugging and kissing in 2019. Uh, they, she never told the father about the relationship ever. Uh, and it only came out when it came out. Um, I mean, there's so many things that are against them in this. What do you think the judge is going to say? Well, this is like a really bad episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> One day this whole thing is going to be turned into a TV movie because it is so frigging ridiculous. Uh, here's the problem. Is she has to be removed from the case because she has a conflict of interest. She either lied about, you know, the relationship in the affidavit or she and or she actually materially benefited from the hiring of Wade, who she paid six hundred and fifty thousand dollars for. And the idea that, look, when you're on the witness stand and you're a district attorney like Fannie Willis, when you're talking about Aruba getaways and giving shout outs to Grey Goose vodka while you're stuffing <laughs> money in walls, that's not a good day for you. And that's why she didn't testify on the second day. So eventually she's going to be removed. What does all of this mean? Okay, very simple. There will be no case against Donald Trump, at least before the 2024 presidential election, if at all ever after that. In Georgia. But of course, we do but have Georgia. the March. Yeah, we do have the March 25th uh, case uh, coming up. Quickly, your take on on that. Of course, that's uh, paying off, allegedly, uh, the, the porn star Stormy Daniels, but there's no crime there. The DA hasn't come forth and, and, and told us what the crime is yet, which I still don't understand how that's possible. But allegedly, it involves uh, Michael Cohn writing out personal checks to Stormy Daniels and then getting reimbursed from the election from the campaign fund, which would be a campaign violation. Um, and he, from what I understand, he could go to jail. Uh, the penalty allows for jail for a number of years. What do you think is ahead in that one? Well, this is the most legally weak case of all, and I do believe it's Manhattan, so they're going to find out a way to get a conviction on Donald Trump. The bottom line is this is a terrible case. It should have never been brought in the first place, and the reason why is the statute of limitations are over. The further thing is to be able to bootstrap this. This is a legal theory where you're essentially trying to say, well, the crime is a federal crime, and now I'm going to try it in state court. If this is such a great federal crime, I promise you that overzealous zealot Jack Smith would have tried to Donald Trump in this crime there. This is a case of Alvin Bragg abuse using the law because that way this is good politics for him because whether he loses or wins the case he'll they'll say he did his part the problem here is overall okay is that whenever the democrats go after donald trump they use the c team and the clowns and you're seeing that all the time whether it's fonnie willis or alvin bragg yeah ford fascinating thank you so much for being so generous with your time tell folks where they could find out uh, more about you and everything you do fordoconnell.com go to the web there. website couldn't be couldn't be easier. My friend, stay well. We'll speak again. Looking forward to it. Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. Ford O'Connell, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Steve Malsberg show. Yeah, it's uh it's fascinating stuff. It's fascinating stuff. And see, he just said uh, he brought back to me what I had what what he had said to us in another interview about this uh this case and what others have said, that it is so weak because the stat right, the statute of limitations have expired in the um, uh, hush money situation. But the DA is going to try to tie it together with, well, he committed another crime based on that. But, in, you know, on appeal, I think a, a, a fairer court might say, wait a minute, you're, you're using this to bring that, but this, you can't use this because you can't bring it up because the statute of, lim statute of limitations have expired. And by the way, it goes back to Seinfeld. When Kramer thought it was statue of limitations, 
And he asked Jerry, and Jerry said, no, you idiot, it's statute. And he says, well, I don't think so. And they asked Elaine, and, and she said, statute. No, I think you're wrong. Anyway, of course, it's statute. There's no statue of limitations. Okay, having said that, I will also say we have one final segment left in the hour. We will bring it to you when we come back. Steve Malzberg right here on TNT. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. The lunacy of the phony climate war continues to take victims. The United States Constitution was smeared by a couple of people who, quite frankly, should have the book thrown at them and put in jail because of their belief that the climate is out of control and that they deserve clean air, water, food, and a livable climate. It is hard to believe, hard to fathom in any rational world how these people have been brainwashed like this. But what we have to do is get to the bottom of whoever is brainwashing them, whoever is enabling them. And we all know who that is. We all know what this is all about. And it's just hard to believe that people put up with this. You know, unless you can define objectively the truth, if the truth is relative, this is what is going to happen. Here are the facts, folks. No matter what you think about CO2 or whatever, life has never been better on planet Earth. And we have a population of ingrates grown out of the idea that they deserve something better than what they have, even though the fact is, life has never been better on planet Earth. And they are definitely trying to cause a rebellion. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Asthma is a growing problem, especially among children. Asthma affects the quality of life for millions like me every single day. My name is Chris Draft, and I have asthma. And I've spent more than a decade in the NFL tackling asthma on and off the field. Join me and the EPA in helping people control their asthma. Asthma is a lung condition that can be controlled through medication and by avoiding things that can make it worse. Three steps are the solution to controlling asthma. Step one, talk to a doctor. Step two, make a plan. And step three, get rid of things that can make it worse. Asthma can be tackled. For more information on asthma, log on to epa.gov asthma. This is the Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, I welcome you back. And I want to remind you that uh, I shouldn't have to, and I, I know I don't probably, but I will, that uh, TNT is an independent global news, no uh, news talk station that does uh, what others only claim to do. The others say they do it. But TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24-7, uh, no one in the world does what we do, crisscrossing the globe, providing credible news and opinion all day and all night. Um, in two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff, and it's a critical time, and we must continue to call out the misinformation and the propaganda from the mainstream media and their powerful sponsors. So we're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to tntradio.live and make a small donation. Give whatever you can to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission. Okay, um, let me let you hear one more uh, bite from uh, Tim Scott that we didn't get to before. This is uh, concerning Ukraine, I believe, State of the Union, Jake Tapper Sunday, 
And we pick up with cut 211. Congress has appropriated over $100 billion. Even President Donald Trump has said a loan to Ukraine would actually provide more resources. The bottom line is this. Joe Biden's failure on the global stage is undeniable and can be measured in the loss of lives. It can be measured in the instability in the Indo-Pacific. It can be measured in the October 7th attack. It can be measured in Iran's actual aggression and their acceleration towards a nuclear weapon. It can be measured in the JCPOA and the failure of that deal when he was vice president and trying to go back to it as president. There are so many ways to measure the failure of Joe Biden on the global stage, but you don't have to take my words for it. You can take the words of Democrats, independents, and Republicans who all come to the same conclusion. The world was a safer place under President Donald Trump than it is today under President Joe Biden. I got to tell you, I would, like I said earlier when we were playing the other sound bites from this weekend with Tim Scott, very, very impressive how he took the question about Ukraine and, and you know, from, from uh, Jake Tapper about why don't you, you know, why don't the Republicans, why don't you want the House to bring the bill and blah, 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 blah. And he turned it around. He turned it around into look, look, before, before Biden, when Trump was in power, there was no Ukraine, uh, you know, being attacked by Putin under Trump. Of course, we had the, the uh, instances under Obama and Biden, um, but not under Trump. And he, 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 he did that. He made that argument, that pro-Trump argument very well by, by connecting and, and segueing from the question, giving a, a, an answer, and then segueing into this is how Trump did it. And we were so much better off then. So it's going to be very interesting. I like what Ford said about um, it's a uh, kind of a um, apprentice uh, show for uh, Trump. This whole vice president thing will be uh, a lot of media interests, a lot of questions, a lot of back and forth and a lot of attention on on who he uh, may pick to be his running mate. I, I know they're the complete opposites. Seriously, uh, I wouldn't be upset with Nikki Haley. I think she'd be strong for the ticket. I don't think she'd be uh, good for the governing, but she's not going to govern, really. So I, I I wouldn't be upset with Nikki Haley. I wouldn't be upset with Tim Scott. I like J.D. Vance. I like J.D. Vance a lot as well. So I think between those three people, um, maybe we uh, we will get one eventually. <laughs> maybe. Now, tomorrow, I'm not going to discuss this now. We I, have, I got a couple of bites of Joe and Little Mika. Little Mika actually speaking out. Good for you, little Mika. Um, talking about the, the shooting at the Super Bowl parade. and But let me just say something. And, and I give credit to Jesse Waters for this on Fox. He did a segment uh, before I came on. The governor of Kansas City called the shooters thugs. The mayor of Kansas City, who I believe is black, came out and said, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was terrible. It was awful. But don't call them thugs. That's a dog whistle. Leading Jesse Waters to believe, since we haven't been told, we've been told that the shooters are minors. But Jesse seems to think that because the mayor said dog whistle uh, at the word thugs, that they may be minority. Jesse also pointed out that the media has lost interest in it. Isn't that amazing? If they were MAGA hat-wearing Trump supporters, 
It would be page one, top of the news every day. Now, it's basically gone. Nine kids shot. 21 dead, 22 injured people. And media, shrug city. Folks, thank you. God willing, we'll do it again tomorrow. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. 9 p.m. Eastern. Have them and you be back here on TNT. See you tomorrow.